I'm pausing work on this trailer just for this. You're listening to the Simple Camping Podcast. This is where we'll explore the joys, sorrows, and adventures of camping in the great outdoors through editorials, interviews, and of course, stories. Hey campers, Mark here from OverlandTrailer.com and in this week's episode we're going to talk about camping intelligence and this is something I'm very passionate about so you're going to get to hear kind of uh, an educator and business owners melding of what it means to have camping intelligence. So here we go. All right, campers, a couple weeks ago, I had uh, somebody randomly find me on the internet and email us here at Overland asking about uh, building plans, supplies, that sort of thing for a teardrop trailer, which of course is our trade. And in that email conversation that we had, it kind of came forward like this idea. And, I, and I've thought about this for a very long time. I just haven't known exactly how to put it. And then this uh, person, it just made sense at that time, like I put it all together in one chunk. So what this guy is doing is he and his son, who is 14, are going to build a teardrop trailer. And he said that the, the goal was not just to build a teardrop trailer, but that his son would learn how to use tools because his son doesn't know how. I, I thought, you know, this is a great father-son project. They'll build this thing. They'll be able to go camping in it together. I guess they like fishing, so they'll go find their remote fishing locations and be able to camp wherever they please in this. And so as we were working through the logistics of, of his design and what he wants and then materials, supplies, you know, the sorts of things that we as a business can provide for him, I, I also asked him about his son's education. For those of you who have followed us for a, a number of years, maybe the last 13 entirely at Overland Trailer, and maybe you've read the blog or listened to this podcast, you know that both uh, of us founders, Nathan and myself, are former educators. And we both have a deep passion for education. And so we're always uh, interested in how people learn or, or how we can get more people involved in doing the crafts. And I'm gonna come back to that, but this is why I asked. I asked him like, what was his son's education like? Where was he going to school and that sort of thing? And he's, he's going to a public school in the area that's in the Midwest. I said, does he like it? He said, yes. And, and I said, so what do you feel like is missing from your son's education? And he said, well, obviously these tools. It, this is such a stereotypical conversation to have, but I, I, I pushed forward with it anyhow, just because you know, here's, here's a guy who's doing something to teach his son a new skill set that's not taught in schools. And, and I think this leads to a mindset. And this is kind of my first part of this podcast. Part one here is, is the mindset. Uh, our cultural mindset in the Western world has changed over the last 50, 60 years. And in many ways, it's changed for the better. But there are some things that have sort of slipped out and... and I see them in the generations coming forward. I could, I could recognize these in my classroom, which was just a few years ago, where instead of a student saying, how can I fix this? They say, what do I buy to get me out of this? Or what's the bare minimum I need to do to get me out of this? Instead of how can I apply myself to get this thing done? Now, I think that's partially cultural, but I think there's also an element in there uh, that the educational institutions have been doing 
two, and I don't know that we've really noticed it because it's been so subtle. Uh, as we grow up in education, we go in the formative, early formative years, there's a lot of arts and crafts, drawing, coloring, because all those things are teaching us so many different things. You know, like we'll learn the letter A when they give us a worksheet that's a, an A that was printed out on a Xerox machine and then we color it in and we learn symbols and we learn our letters and math and all those sorts of things in very, very uh, hands-on creative sort of ways because that's the way that the human brain at that stage of life really really works but what happens is slowly but surely the educational system without us really even noticing will start to push more and more and more on just book work and leave the craft work out even though that part of our brain still exists okay so then you throw in other things that we value as a culture we value these, these more professional type jobs than the people who do hands-on types jobs. And I think that plays a role in the school system too, because as we grow up, it's like subtle. And I don't know that we even realize that we're telling our, ourselves and our kids that, yeah, it's cool that you can do that, but let's stop doing that because you can't get a job doing that, which let's be honest, there's some truth to that, but to completely shut it off, I think is wrong. And so what we end up doing is there's some very, very talented people who go through school thinking they're not good at anything because the things that school focuses on are so narrow that, that we're not actually teaching the whole person. Sir Ken Robinson put it, he's a, he's a an int very, very well-established intellectual and, and educator. He, he said that it starts to seem as if our bodies are just there so that they can carry our brains around. That is how far we can go. And in fact, he said university professors look upon their bodies as a form of transportation for their heads, uh, just a way to get their head to the next meeting, which of course is hilarious, but there is some truth to that. We focus so heavily on just the brain that we forget the body that that's another part of the brain it's an extension of the brain is how we use our bodies and how you know maybe it's a dance class or a karate class or it's an art class or it's music or uh, any number of different things that are missing from education in the united states nowadays and it's not like those jobs are all gone this is something i, I was an academic advisor for a number of years and uh, we see like, oh, factory jobs, those are all overseas, which the majority of them are. So we don't encourage our students to go to a trade school or something like that. We encourage them all to go to university. And, and in a sinister sort of point of view, I see this as universities have very well crafted the education system so that it's all focused on, on university admissions, like everything from the beginning to university admissions is focused on that. And it's because we call it public education, but it is big business. There's a lot of money to be made. That's kind of the cynical side of things, but, it, but there is some truth in that. So we focus so heavily on academic ability that we push aside or we prioritize things like math and language, which are very good to prioritize. Then next comes humanities, and then there's the arts, of which there is a giant hierarchy within the arts. But that also is the way we budget. So math and language and humanities get the budgeting. 
often the arts don't get any budgeting of, of any kind. And so we shut down shop programs, we shut down our 3D printing labs, our maker spaces, we, we shut down all of these things that are the technologies of the future. But not only that, but they're teaching the brain. And this is what's the most important part for me as a business owner is I, I hire people from time to time. And in fact, we at Overland Trailer here are so passionate about education that we have a work study program with high school kids. So we can bring in a high school kid and we open up everything in our business to them. We open up our, our accounting, marketing, social media, the entire process of building a teardrop trailer, the supply lines, communicating with all of those different vendors of which there are 27. And then just the craft of physically constructing a, a teardrop trailer or putting together a kit to mail to somebody or whatever it is, we, we get that person involved in every aspect of it not thinking that they'll ever own or start their own teardrop trailer business. We've never had a kid do that, but they learn really important life skills that they could not get in a classroom nowadays. And the thing that I will look for in a student for that work study program is not, do they have the ability to use tools? I don't care if they can use tools or not. That's something I can teach them. I don't care if they know anything about accounting. That's something I can teach them. What I'm looking for in that person is, first of all, work ethic, the ability to stick with it. And the second thing is creativity because we run into problems in real life, in real businesses, in any business, we run into problems and we need somebody who can think creatively to solve that problem on their own. And this is a blinding problem in education today is that we have gone so far away from creativity that it is not serving people well in their careers. We have focused on the standardized test, which I think standardized tests have their place. I think they're good. They can give us some good data, but we've so heavily focused on it that we are really driven as a culture to create, uh, to take our little people, to take our, our students and turn them into interchangeable parts so that we can drop those cogs into any business and they can do whatever they are told to do. But they can't think on their own to solve the problems, not just of right now, but of the future. And we can't even anticipate the problems of the future. Just think about, you know, Within the last 10 years, Google became a business. The iPad became a thing. I mean, it, things change so rapidly. We must have people who can think creatively. And craftsmanship. Craftsmanship, there's this great quote from uh, this book, uh, Shopcraft for Soulcraft. It's a great book. I'll put the link actually in the show, show notes. But there's this, this amazing uh, like statement that is just so true and it helps us establish a mindset for what we do in life. Craftsmanship, in his quote, is craftsmanship means dwelling on a task for a long time and going truly deep into it just because you want to get it right. That really strong focus for a long period of time to really get some task or some craft exactly right is something that we don't value enough anymore. And I think that's another thing that we get out of the, 
the arts in general. So how does the camping intelligence play into this? The camping intelligence plays into this perfectly. The camping trip is a lab trip, not just for our students, not just for our kids, but for all of us. It trains our brains. We encounter problems in a physical world, not just in an intellectual world, in a classroom sitting at a desk, but we encounter actual real life problems, whether it's how to get this stake to go into the ground for my tent because the ground is so hard, or how do I uh, you know, solve this rain problem, or how do I approach this food issue, or you know, safety, all of these things that come at us when we are camping help build out this creative intelligence. It helps us survive in an unusual set of circumstances and it helps train our brain in a new way, which is partially why I know many of us enjoy camping because it's a break from our nine to five jobs that most of us have a nine to five job that involves a lot of clerical work. And when you look at the school experience, it's largely the same thing. Like they go to school and they go from subject to subject and they sit down and they do paperwork all day long. And we wonder why they're antsy at their desks, it's just because they just want to do something with their body. The crafts could be a, a great way for them also to find another form of intelligence that they possess. So the camping trip can really get us out there, put our hands on problems and help us solve things in a very creative sort of way. And it keeps that, that part of our lives alive and thriving or brings it back from the dead if the, if the school system have squelched it out of us in our early years. And you know, it may or may not turn into a job. That isn't really important. What happens though is it creates better self-esteem. It creates more self-confidence. It helps with happiness and depression. And there's so many studies related to being in nature tied to our emotional mental health, which only helps us perform better in our marriages, our friendships, our all of our relationships, and at our clerical jobs or any other work or tasks that we have to do. And so the camping intelligence I see is like a very important part of what we need as humans to, to thrive. So there's my rant. There's my passionate plea. Go camping, invest in a kid or in yourself in doing a craft of some sort. And it may not have to be, I mean, craftsmanship is, remember that quote, craft, craftsmanship means dwelling on a task for a long time and getting deeply into it just because you want to get it right. That doesn't mean you're going to be using saws or paintbrushes or anything like that. That could be computer coding. It could be who knows what, but get into a craft that you really want to delve into deep and enjoy and learn those skills. And, and for me, one of those best places to do that is when I'm camping. And I hope that you guys get out there too. I know it's November and we're starting to get low on the camping season. There's still time. I insist there's still time. I'm also a winter camper and maybe I'll do a future podcast about that too. Our next podcast can be very special. We're going to have a guest on who is also passionate about the handcrafted, hand-built craftsmanship uh, approach to especially the teardrop trailer and I encourage you to get into the next one. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to tell you more about it. We'll catch you later. This episode of the Simple Camping Podcast was brought to you by OverlandTrailer.com. Log on to OverlandTrailer.com to see all episodes of this podcast, as well as on iTunes, Google Play, and all the other places you like to find your podcast.